So we are in Perak Dalid, and we just finished up Os Dalid, um, discussing the fact that the Nishama and the Guf both uh, have this Zichuch Bupoil and uh, lost it that once the body will be resurrected made a new made capable of being purified so then it will um, be brought out that's the last line in Oz Dalet so Oz Hey you'll notice the Ramchal uses a lot of different words sounds like a lot of uh, synonyms being used let's just discuss Outside what he's what he's talking about, um, if we imagine all the different life situations a person is going to be in, every different uh, physical experience, physical situation that we're going to be placed into, we're going to discover that there is a whole lot of variance in the world Hashem created. Hashem created many, many, many different um, situations that we have to um, encounter in the physical world. And so the Ramchal over here is explaining that the reason is because every single situation, every single physical object that exists is in one way or another intended to bring us to our Tachlis, which is the acquisition of Shlemus, the acquisition of um, self-perfection. And that's, and that's, uh, and, and that's, you know, to shorten it, the, the last line, therefore, in Os Hey over here is, he says, like the Pasek says, V'tzivonu Hashem la'sos es kol ha'chukim, that Hashem commanded us to do all these laws. Now, uh, hukim, um, hukim literally means something which has been engraved into the thing. It's uh, it is uh, the na- very, the nature of this thing. Lutov um, lanu that this should be good for us. So what are what are these two aspects? So first of all, hukim. Um, why should it be that eating some bark from a particular type of a tree should alleviate pain? And that's that's where Tylenol comes from. Tylenol is a naturally uh, derived medicine. I think uh, Native Americans used to chew this bark, and they would uh, and they would. They notice you chew the bark, it takes away pain. Eh? So, why is that? Well, that's that's the hook. That's that's its nature. That's its uh, that's just how the thing is, right? Why this tree has this bark and this mother tree, the bark doesn't do anything. This bark is like this, and that bark is like that, right? So, so what if I give this bark to um, I don't know, a bird? So maybe it won't do anything to a bird. Maybe birds. Feel differently that, that to them Tylenol doesn't do anything. I, I don't know. Maybe it does, but 
I'm sure there's some creatures that it doesn't do anything for, right? So that's so the chukim that we're talking about here is that the mitzvahs, not, and not just mitzvahs that we're used to thinking about, but the interrelationship between all physical objects in the world, everything that exists, um, and how it relates to me and to my acquisition of shleimus. That and that is the that's the that's the tachlis That's the intended shleimus that the person is meant to gain in this world, and that's through all the various interactions that are meant to take place uh, in the world. And that's going to be through many different acts, different circumstances, different times. Um, you know, different ways that you use the things, some things you eat, some things you, you don't eat, etc. That's uh, all the variety that's going to be uh, with the usage of the physical world. So the Ramchal here is basically just kind of preparing us for the fact that in the fourth Halik, for example, right, he's going to be going through, he's going to be saying, he's going to be telling us very often that the Sagula of, you know, the Esrug is such that, that it has the ability to do certain uh, tikkunim to us if we pick it up at a particular time of the year. Uh, the segula of a shofar is that if you hear it at a time of the year, it does certain things. If you hear it other times of the year, it doesn't, right? Etc., etc. So, so many things have, have spiritual properties, right? Just like things have medicinal properties um, that... Uh, you know, this thing is Tylenol, this thing is not Tylenol. So too, physical things have uh, spiritual properties. And just like medicinal properties, they're medicinal properties for certain situations, you know, for certain conditions they're good, but for other conditions they're not good at all. Right? They could be bad, in fact. So too, when it comes to spiritual properties, it'll be... It'll be um, good for this, but bad for that. Okay, and that, that's how, that's how uh, everything is. Okay, that is Os Hey in a nutshell. Um, so Os Vav. So, quick question. So the, Go ahead. Each, each opportunity that we're put in to be able to obtain, obtain self-perfection, that's to um, perfect a certain element of our neshama? Of our neshama, of, of our goof, yes. Uh huh. And it's it has it has something to do with that. Achlis to be able to work on each part of that or each part of ourselves, or that's because that's that's separate from the the the, the mission I guess that we're put on this planet for. No, that this is this is the mission. I mean, he's saying that the physical is going to be used. As a part of the mission, right? The 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 avoda, the avoda that's going to take that's going to that's going to take place is a part of the mission. That's uh, I'm going to use again. You know, if the mission is to be healthy, then I would find all sorts of uh, medicines. I would find different barks and different leaves and different roots, and and I would put together an entire. Um, medicine bag of of different cures of different things that are going to be healthy for myself so to the uh, in the spiritual realm 
every physical item in one way or another is uh, has spiritual properties has some of them are negative spiritual properties some are positive and all are meant to be used in our um, spiritual growth the physical world is meant to be used in our spiritual growth right I guess I just wasn't clear on if there is a overall something that everybody does in terms of doing a tikkun for each element in a shama and then there's like a separate mission that each person is oh okay. but, but that, that that's true there are certain people that have more specific jobs etc here he's focusing on the on the on the physical objects he's saying the physical that the physical objects that exist in the world right all have certain um, spiritual properties that will be that will be conducive or useful in certain ways to certain people in certain times. Okay. Okay. Basically, yeah, it, it, basically the you know someone's going to come and say, "Listen, Rabbi, what's the difference?" Right? Um, I get it. Putting on film is very, very. I, I put on film yesterday. It was very, very powerful experience because I thought about the closeness of of the divine name being on top of me, right, next to my heart, on my mind, all very beautiful, right? But why do I have to spend $500 buying a pair of tefillin that is made out of um, animal hide, right, out of cow skin? Why can't I just take this, I have this really cool Lego set that my, that my baby brother has, right, also black, and for three dollars I can make something that looks very similar to that and I'll put it on my head I'll even write on the piece of paper I'll write the the Parsha right I'll print it out and I'll put it in there and I'll say I'll think the same exact things I'll accomplish the same thing and no it has to be Mutre Lepicha it has to be from just from, from that which is from a kosher animal right okay so what is that why does it make a difference if my children are made out of plastic or leather? Answer is because leather has this, you know, that the leather of a kosher animal, etc., has the following spiritual property that allows you to tap into that thing. Okay. Just like we don't ask, well, why Tylenol? Why from this tree I take the bark takes away takes away my headache, but from that tree I eat the bark and it tastes like cinnamon. It's very very tasty. I like it in my cake and things, right? But it doesn't doesn't take away the headache. And it's because the chok of Tylenol is like this, and the chok of cinnamon is like that. Two different barks. Both bark, do, but they do two different things. Okay? So, so too, physical objects in this world also have different properties, different characteristics. Okay. Now, os vav, that's what I said. It's, it's a very short os. I alluded to it last week. Very short os, um, but very powerful. So, let's just... Try to remember if you ever need to, if you're ever struggling with any situation, you turn to Perik Dalad in Der Hashem, in the Chelek Aleph, Perik Dalad, Os Vov, number six, right? And so he, here he summarizes that Hine Shorish Kol Inyan Havodahu, the root of all divine service, everything that we're in this world to do, the root of it is one. That is, that a person should always, in every single situation, whatever is happening, be turned towards 
Hashem, towards his creator. Now he's going to explain. Vuhu. What does that mean? That you should know and understand that the only reason why you were created was to be close to, to your creator and not to put and, and, and they're all uh, sorry Volohusam and he was not put into this world except in order to so this is a positive and negative what we were put in here for is to be close to our we were not put into this world for anything but which means we were also put into this world for but you'll see why it's in the negative to kovesh the yetzer to subjugate our drive towards involvement in the physical world and to dedicate that to direct that towards uh, our creator B'koach HaSeichel yeah so that's that's Hefech Taivas Homer Vinitiyasu the opposite of our physical inclination V'yamanhig Eskola Pu'ulosov and by the way, those that want to um, now, so so now we have finished kind of the second part of the discussion that's happening in this chapter, right? Um, first part of the discussion in this chapter was that you should know the physical world is a big bad world out there, right? We are. Surrounded by physical, that was one through three, I believe, right? Os Aleph through Gimel was physical world has a lot of advantages over us. We're born physical, everything we're surrounded with is physical. It's uh, it's everywhere. It's unavoidable, right? And that's why it's going to be very very challenging. You have to work really really hard. That is that was part one. Part two, starting from Dalit and going through Vav over here, was yeah, but. Um, Actually, the physical world is not just to be avoided at all costs. It's actually, the physical world is actually going to be used in the mitzvahs. Right? It's going to be used in divine service, in mitzvahs. That's part two. Part three, what we're about to, what, what the Ramchal is going to tell us is that actually, and we're going to see that in a second, no sign, but... Uh, in the foreshadow for one second, and you'll see why, is that the physical world itself will actually be perfected and elevated as a result of our using it correctly. So we, so we come, we, we've come through three stages, we're going to be, have, we will have seen three stages. One stage is um, that the physical world is pretty scary, and it's kind of the and is the antithesis. Getting involved in the in in the physical world is the antithesis of getting close to Hashem. That's the pull away from Hashem towards our lack and detriment and and uh, distancing us from Hashem. Second stage was no, but but you know, but you can actually Hashem made it in such a way that you can use the physical world in mitzvahs. And the third stage is going to be, and actually that will perfect the physical world as well. And I want to draw your attention to the beginning of Mesil Sisharim, to the first parak of Mesil Sisharim. You take, take it out, you look at it. He literally speaks out these three stages. He says, number one, you should know Hashem created you in this world to do good to you. But 
Of course, the true good is closeness to him, and therefore involvement in physicality is going to be detrimental. That's what we spoke out in the beginning of this chapter, 1 through th- uh, Os, Aleph through Gimel. Yes, but the physical is going to it, it can actually be used in the Vodos Hashem. And not only that, if you look deeper, you actually understand that when a tzaddik uses the world correctly, actually elevates the world. And I believe he brings over there the the example that we just had in uh, Parshas Vayetze two weeks ago with uh, the stones wanting to have Yaakovinu rest his head on it because for a stone, that's the greatest pleasure. What could be better for a stone than to be a pillow for the head of a tzaddik like Yaakov Avinu, right? So that's that's. How likely uh, is it that we use the world correctly? What? How likely is it that we use the word? Correctly? How likely is it? What if, if in rand like if uh, if things are random? No, I mean like if, 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 if you said tzaddik, right? Yeah. So or, I don't know if we're on that level, right? So are we well, in every particular is, action, you uh, in, in, in if, if in that action you are doing the Shem Shemaim. So at that moment, you're, you're being a tzaddik. That's a high level, the Shem Shemayim, no? Okay. So then, if not, then then there's no... Then the rock is not begging to be your pillow. Right. So, based on that, are we actually capable of utilizing the world correctly? Like, how, how typical... How, how likely so, are we actually using Okay. Okay, good question. So, um, so, so, let's, so that's kind of... We're going to get into Zion. We're going to get into that right now. Okay, perfect segue. Before, before we move, can I ask, what, in what sense is the world elevated? Because the Ramchal says a little later on, sorry, I was reading ahead, but, but he says the world is totally physical. Right? There's no, it doesn't have a, a spiritual part. And okay. Like the animals are not. Right, right, right. They don't have a neshama. They don't have a neshama. Yeah, yeah. So the way that it's elevated is by... Um, Becoming part of of the of a greater plan in the world, which means um, you know that you have you know, the the thing by itself cannot participate in the vodos Hashem, like you said, right? It's it's something that's you know I don't know a plant. The plant just grows. You, know, you have a tree, it grows, it makes fruits. It's it's doing what it's supposed to do. That that's what Hashem made it for. So that's it's appropriate to do that, right? And it's, 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 and it's good, and it's good, right? But then when that fruit tree then is used by a man, let's say, let's talk about an esteric tree, and the man takes the esteric tree in, you know, in Tishrei, right, in Tesvav Tishrei, in Ansukas, takes it on the first day, the Torah says, Ulekachtem lechem mi hadar, you shall take for yourself from the fruit of the uh, beautiful tree, right, or the, the beautiful fruit, means the esteric tree, right, so you take yourself, you take that fruit, now, that tree just participated in an act of fulfilling the will of God on a on a more explicit level, it was when it was existing. It was also fulfilling the will of God. God, Hashem wants for the tree to exist, so 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 it is existing. But now, where obviously we we understand there's a difference between when Hashem says something, it means this is more more expressed will, right? The, 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 as opposed to just the hidden will, like we spoke about last week, that everything physical is fulfilling the will of Hashem, but in a hidden way. That's why it's called achur. It's called opaque. Right? That it is fulfilling the will of Hashem, but you just don't, you just don't see how that is. 
right? Whereas now the Esrog has been used by man in the fulfillment of a mitzvah, so now uh, it is part of a, of a higher level of revelation of the divine will. Jeff, does that make sense? But, but is it, I mean, is it a benefit to the Esrog? Well, if you if you mean by does the answer get, you know, if 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 what you're asking more, is, is more goodness, does is the answer like smiling and, and laughing and you know uh, etc. So that you're right. It, it, it's an it's an inanimate object. It doesn't have emotions. It doesn't have consciousness. So obviously, when Chazal are talking about the rocks, arguing who's gonna you know who's gonna get to be the rock that Tzadik's gonna put his head on, um, that's Chazal anthropomorphizing um, the rock, meaning giving human characteristics to the rock to help us understand that the reality of the rock is is um, being elevated. Not that the rock actually had conscious thoughts about it, right? But the, but that but yeah, not that conscious thought, but the same time the same way that we're after a certain uh, hatava. Yeah, no. Just, just the point is that the that the rock now its existence was um, uh, on a higher level, being a greater revelation of, the, of 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 the divine will in the world. So it's, so it's used for that purpose, and so that's an improvement of its of, of its state. of its state. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So here we go. Ozai. So Ozain, and I think this is probably what uh, what Yosef was was getting into a little bit. Ozain tells us that there are two fundamental ways in which the physical world can be used uh, in Avodos Hashem. Okay? Uh, and that is... And both of them are ultimately going to be called mitzvahs. Okay? But the two types of mitzvahs over here. One mitzvah is a mitzvah, like we're used to thinking about mitzvahs. Mitzvah means one of the mitzvahs, Hamur is the Torah. Right? Uh, is one of the 613 mitzvahs given in the Torah or one of the branches thereof. Right? So there, that's the example we just used with the Esrog. If Hashem gave us uh, a commandment to take an Esrog and shake it together with the palm branch, the myrtle, and the willow, and the willow branches, right? So, okay, wonderful. I did that, right? So... That's a mitzvah. I fulfilled fulfill the mitzvah with the physical object. That physical object, like we said before, was imbued with a certain ability, the uh, certain spiritual ability, which is only comes out at a certain time in the year, uh, in certain places, etc. And uh, okay, and that and that uh, I did that. And I used it to gain a level of completion, etc. Good. So, physical uh, world is being used towards the perfection of Adam, and that's, that's mitzvahs. That's the mitzvahs that, we, that we're used to, that's the mitzvahs that we know. The second part of using the physical world for Avodos Hashem, and this is the part that I think Yosef is feeling a little bit intimidated by, is where we use the physical world to help us continue in our Avodos Hashem. Which means, let's say, a person is very hungry, and he says, I, "Well, I need koach, I need energy, I need strength to be able to serve Hashem, to be able to daven, to be able to learn Torah, to be able to go do an act of kindness, or, or, or something else like that." So, 
Then he sits down and he eats food for that purpose. Now he gained energy, now he gained strength, and he can go and serve Hashem. So this physical item was imbued with the ability that it can give a person energy. That's what it has. It has this ability. It, right? If he ate bark, it wouldn't help. Right? But if he ate something that can help him with that, then uh, so then that was that contributed towards his avodas Hashem. That's also mitzvah. Um, if he is sick, and he has a, he has a mitzvah to guard his health, to guard his life, so he can be able to continue to serve Hashem. So if he's sick, he takes a leaf and chews on it, a leaf that has medicinal property, right? And he gets better from that. He eats some um, you know, penicillin, right? It was made by, by, some, uh, by some bacteria, right? And he gets better from it. So then that was a mitzvah. Because he used the physical world towards his Continue the Vodos Hashem. Okay? In your first example. Oh, getting there? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, uh, I, I know where I you're, where you're thinking about. Uh, just now, even like your, your, your story you brought up about the Bakr saying Kavit Shabbos Kodesh. The Kavit Shabbos Kodesh, right. Chowing right. down on each bite. And, and, uh, it's, it's difficult to, to restrict what so, okay, so let me just first because because you're because you you're in the you're in the wonderful Masul Sharm Kabura yeah. so you already know this but let's just first speak this out over here for those that uh, are not as uh, much zoch as, as to you uh, as you are to be in the Masul Sharm. So I want to guess if that only works if you have that like, mind as you do it like that's what we're about to say right now uh, okay. So, okay. so so says the Ramchal that for this second type of mitzvahs, there are three conditions. Condition number one, the thing itself cannot be forbidden to be used. If it's forbidden to be used, again, assuming there's no sakanas nefashis, right? Because if it's sakanas nefashis, then it's mutter to use, right? Um, if, if it's endangers a person's life. If a person's life is in danger, then, then everything is permitted to be eaten or used or whatever it is, even if it's not kosher, right? So let's talk about food, doesn't have to be food, it could be wearing something. Unless a person is really, really cold, and he feels like, uh-oh, I'm concerned I'm going to co- come down with a cold, and if I come down with a cold, you know what's going to happen. What's going to happen with my davening, what's going to happen with my learning? I'm going to have to be uh, at home for two weeks because of suspicion, maybe I, maybe I have corona, right? So not, I'm going to have to be on quarantine for two weeks. Yeah? So I can't, I can't get a cold. So, so the guy says, okay, so I'm going to put on this piece of fabric over here, I'm going to wrap it around myself and I'll stay warm that way. And he says, oh wait, this is kalim. Right? It's a mixture of wool and linen. So you're, not, you're not allowed to wrap yourself in a, in a garment which is made from a mixture of wool and linen. Right? That's kalim. So, that, so then that's it. So then you know, That brings the game to an end right there. You cannot, you cannot make a mitzvah out of something which you're not allowed to use. Right? The point being, because the whole thing that we're saying is, I am doing the will of God. Right? By doing this act, I am also fulfilling the will of God. Just like by when I'm putting a tefillin. And just like by when I'm shaking the lulav. And just like when I'm eating the sukkah, I'm fulfilling the will of God. Those are all mitzvahs. Right? So too, when I'm doing this thing, I'm doing a mitzvah. Right? So that, but that is, hard, is a hard argument to make if the will of God is that you don't put on this fact. Right, so it can't, or, or with food, right? If it's not kosher food, you can't say, "Well, I'm hungry and I will serve Hashem." 
No, it's not kosher food, so it, can't, it cannot become a mitzvah. Okay? Good. So, that's first condition, is that the thing cannot be forbidden. Once that condition has been met, the thing is not forbidden, then the second question is, um, is it something that you need for your Avodos Hashem? Right? So the examples that we gave was a person's hungry. And he feels like he doesn't have energy to do what he needs to do, to learn, to, to daven, to do a mitzvah, to help someone, right? Or he's concerned he's going to get sick, so so he needs so he needs this, right? Or he's cold, whatever it may be, yeah? So then, then that would fulfill the second condition. But if this is unnecessary, I think this is going to be the big hang-up that Yosef and I are going to be discussing in a minute or two, Right? If it is unnecessary towards our continued avodos Hashem, for example, the third piece of chocolate cake, right? That is, I saw Jeff um, eating just now recently. There was many cookies, and uh, <laughs> right. So, so if if it's three pieces of chocolate, the third piece of chocolate cake. Very difficult to make an argument that that is necessary towards continued avodos Hashem. Okay, so then that, that that's a second condition. It must be necessary towards avodos Hashem. And the final condition is that a person has to be mechaven. A person has to have the explicit intent. And by the way, lying to yourself doesn't count, right? I mean, you really just want to devour this thing because it's so so tasty and your mouth is salivating. But you're saying, you know, that I'm only doing this, you know, for, for not, again, it doesn't have to be, it's only for Avodos Hashem, and not for the taste of this thing. But if this is really not for Avodos Hashem, you really couldn't care less about uh, having strength later on to learn or to daven, right? You just want to eat this thing, that, 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 so then you don't have the necessary intent. So the necessary intent so, uh, is a prerequisite to making it into a mitzvah. Okay, so those are the three conditions that are that we have in order to make to take a physical action, a a non mitzvah and turn it into a mitzvah. Now I want to first discuss for a minute why uh, why is it that mitzvahs that are commanded in the Torah we don't have these conditions, right? It could be mitzvahs tzrichas kavana by the rises we pass and mitzvahs do do need kavana, so you, you have to be mechavan that you're doing a mitzvah. We certainly don't need to be mechavan l'shem shamayim. You don't need to be, have intent for Hashem. You could just have intent that I'm doing the mitzvah. And you just be cognizant of the fact that you're doing the mitzvah. Whereas with these, we have that it has to be permissible, it has to be necessary towards your continued devotion to Hashem, and it has to be um, that you have the intention for that. Right? But the truth is, it actually makes perfect sense. Because when a mitzvah is already written in the Torah, right? So number one, for sure it's permissible. Because it's written in the Torah to do it. Right? Number two, is it necessary for, for your Avodos Hashem? Definitionally so. Hashem said to do it. Right? If Hashem said, put on tefillin, so then, when you're putting on tefillin, that's necessary for your Avodos Hashem, because that's your mitzvah, is to put on tefillin. And finally, the intent for Avodos Hashem, here, as long as you're aware it's a mitzvah, so then, you are intending to fulfill the Avodos Hashem. That's what, that's what the mitzvah is. The mitzvah is, do what Hashem wants you to do. So if you're aware it's a mitzvah, so it means you're doing what Hashem wants you to do. So you're saying that 
right? So, so, so the point is, in mitzvahs, these are already all built in. That's the difference. The difference why some physical acts, um, as long as you're aware that it's written in the Torah, then it's a mitzvah, and other physical acts are not. If I eat a cracker tonight, yeah, it will not be a mitzvah unless the cracker is kosher, and I need that cracker in some way or another towards my Vodos Hashem, and I intend for that. But if I eat a cracker about four months from now, which will be Leila Seder on the night of Pesach, right? So then, assuming that it meets the criteria of Matzah, so then it will automatically fulfill all three of those conditions and will be a mitzvah. As long as I'm aware that it's a mitzvah, so the kavanah is there, meaning I'm, I'm cognizant of the fact that I'm supposed to do this and, that, and, that, and this is what I'm doing. So again, like I said, it's a machle- it's a machlekes whether mitzvah tzrichas kavanah or not. Machlekes in the Gemara, I believe Rabbi Yochan and Reish Lakish. We paskin by by the rices that one one should make sure to yes have kavanah. I mean, if not, you go back, you do it again. Um, but even according to the opinion that that mitzvahs don't need kavanah, is because it's it's built in. It's it's uh, it's, it's automatic. Yeah. Um, so okay. Whereas in physical. In any other physical act, everything can become a mitzvah. Like he said to us earlier, that the shorish of the union of avoda is all one thing: to be pone tamid leboro, to be continue, to be always turned towards your creator. That's always possible in every single situation that we're in. It is always possible to be doing a mitzvah. Any situation you're in, any moment, anyone can be doing a mitzvah. The only difference is that mitzvahs that are written in the Torah are kind of easier because, like, they have like a flag on them. Like, you, oh, look, that one I know. That 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 one was written down. I I learned about that one. <laughs> Whereas everything else, you have to use your seichel. You have to try to think: Is this going to bring me closer to Hashem? Is it going to take me farther? Is this necessary to, for my continued love of Hashem or not? And so he says. So, for example, he says by food. Right now, again. Uh, the Ramchal never claimed that he was coming to be our friend. Right? He, Judge, did, did he ever tell you that? No. Okay. So, so that means that he doesn't care if you like him or not. He's just telling you the truth. Okay? So here it is. Here is the cold, brutal truth. Okay? The Ramchal says, he says this over here pretty clearly. Um, he says it more clearly in Maimur Vikuach, where he says that unless a person is a Kabbalist, a very high-level holy person, which then he is privy to certain secrets, which allow him to do something more than what we're about to say. So then, unless that's the case, he says that if it's not Shabbos or Yom Tov, a person um, should not be taking from the physical world more like food than one needs. Because if you're taking what you need, so then... You take what you need towards the Vodos Hashem and it's kosher, then it's a mitzvah. The moment you start taking more than what you need, it's by definition loses one of the three criteria. It's no longer a mitzvah. Which of the three criteria falls away? All right? It's no longer needed towards the Vodos Hashem. So now you're involved in the physical world, which we said before is essentially antithetical to Vodos Hashem. It drags a person away from Vodos Hashem, right? And we say, ah, but wait a second, but it could be a mitzvah. True, it could be a mitzvah. 
But here you don't need it anymore. The third piece of chocolate cake. Don't need it. Right? So then, it's not a mitzvah. And then, they're dragging a person away from Allah's Hashem. He's involved in the physical world for himself, for selfish purposes. Not for Allah's Hashem. Now, that is... That, that is difficult for us to hear because that means that the third piece of chocolate cake we not, doesn't mean that you're going to stop eating the, th- th- the third piece of chocolate cake tomorrow, right? But it does mean that the truth is that the eating of that piece of cake will be um, deleterious. It, it, will, it will take a person a step away from Hashem then a step towards Hashem. Now, again, the person has to know himself, where he's holding, if you can have a nervous breakdown, if you don't, if he doesn't have that third piece of chocolate cake, then, okay, then it's necessary for a Vodos Hashem. Right? Then it's called necessary. We're talking about what is unnecessary. Right? What is beyond, what is indulgence. But is this a concept related? I learned the concept uh, with Tanya, I think it's Kafia. Tanya? Hmm? He, the, the, the Sefer Tanya does discuss this. Uh, he calls all all involvement in the physical world, which is not Lashem Shemaim, he calls it Klipas Noga. Uh, right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that's something that is Kafia, which is not taking more than you need from the physical world. Is what it's okay. Bending the will. Mm-hmm. Like Lakuf. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, practically, what does that do to you? I mean, if it's not us, right? It's just. It just it just draws again. Go back to Osvav, and he says, "Hine shorish kol inyan ha The root of all divine service is heyos adam pone tamid leboro, for a person to be constantly always turned towards his creator. That's what you're striving for. That's 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 the golden standard. That's what we're going for, right? So, when you're indulging in the physical world. Yeah. Then you're turned downwards, right? The, the Rambam in Mor Nevuchim explains that the reason why a person is built with an upright posture is because he's kind of in between. He can either look up towards Hashem or he could look down towards the ground. Animals, they walk around all fours, they're looking down, right? They are looking towards the ground. Again, they could turn their neck up, but, it's, but that's not a natural thing. The animals, they live inside the physical world, Right? Um, angels fly around somewhere high up over there, right? And man is somewhere in between. He he's got two feet on. The, he's got two hands up in the air, right? So man can look up or look down. He, he's got these two options, and that's that's the kind of the physical embodiment of free will. The free will is: Am I going to look up or am I going to look down? Am I going to become a, more animalistic and look down and get involved in the physical world, or am I going to become more angel-like and look up and strive upwards? Okay. Um, so the so so over here we have again the person is doing a mitzvah. So if the mitzvah e is to eat the karm pesach, it can be very tasty. If the mitzvah is onik shabbos, it's supposed to be enjoyable, it's supposed to be tasty. Then you're fulfilling a mitzvah. Yom tov, same thing. Uh, you know, um, but on a regular weekday. Uh, indulging in physicality is going to be a step back. It's going to be is going to is going to be not a mitzvah, and therefore uh, drag a person down. Okay, so now, so Yosef is asking realistically, how many people are capable of using the physical world, um, l'shem shemaim, 
Right? That's the question? It seems not a lot. Especially if you're saying only Kabbalists. No, no, no. No, the other way around. Kabbalists have another way of using the physical world. He quotes over there, the Gemara says that a person who wants to bring wine libations and and, uh, animal sacrifices to the base of Migdash, but there's no more base of Migdash, so instead bring the wine libations and the meat to the table of a Talmud Chacham, and by him eating the meat and drinking the wine, it will elevate it. Okay, and he says because he understands how to think very, very lofty things, he, he knows certain things, etc. And um, that's the Ramchal's um, introduction to someone that, you know, it's that's an advantage to learning Kabbalah. One of the advantages of learning Kabbalah is that you have more ways of serving Hashem besides just taking the minimal, etc. But, uh, but, the, um, but the taking of the what, what one needs... And turning that into a mitzvah, that's available to everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. That that's kind of that's the, that's kind of uh, the point. As long as it meets these three basic requirements of being kosher, of being necessary for avodas Hashem, and of being done with Shem Shemayim, it becomes a mitzvah. So what I want to say is, and we've spoken about this before, is instead of looking at the negatives, I would like to look at the positives. I think that there's a lot of Tremendous positives in this. For example, soon we're all going to be going to sleep. Right? Now, many of us wake up to learn early in the morning. Um, I don't know about you, but by the time I get home and I'm getting ready for sleep, I'm fully aware, if I think about it, I'm fully aware that I need to go to sleep now so that I will have energy tomorrow morning. Right? Right? So the question, so then, I have two two ways I can go to sleep. I go go to sleep because I'm very tired and I want to sleep. I want to sleep, or I can, thinking about this, and say, no, I'm trying to get closer to Hashem. I want to have energy tomorrow so that I can serve Hashem. And then you jump into bed, and by the way, that's why you say Kriyashma and, and, and Hamapil, and you say all those things uh, as one is going to sleep, for this very reason. Right? So then, when you go to sleep, that entire six hours of sleep that you're going to get, all one big fat mitzvah. Beautiful. It's not forbidden. It's necessary for Avodah Hashem, and you intended for it. So you got you, you got six hours right there, six seven hours, you know, depending on whatever person is sleeping. Right, breakfast. Right, so you wait. You know, whatever it is, nine o'clock. You, you're gonna eat your breakfast with uh, Ari. What do you usually have for breakfast? Like a like a triple triple omelet with like. A, Freshly diced vegetables and uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, all the above. All the above. You, you go all out. Freshly squeeze OJ. Yeah. Okay, so uh, my feeling is Ari probably just like grabs a granola bar while he's working or something, right? So there you are. So as you're picking up the granola bar, so you need this to be to have energy to to work right and you need to work so you can support your family so you can feed your family so you can have health care so you can have a shelter right those are all necessary for continued devotion Hashem. so the breakfast is a mitzvah right the work you're going into work it's a mitzvah well you, you like going to work absolutely not so why are you going to work 
Parnosa, right. good. Yeah. So it's a mitzvah. Right. So it's necessary for you to continue the Vodos Hashem, right? Mm-hmm. And it's permissible. And and you're doing it, so as long as you do with it for that intention, you got, what, another eight hours of mitzvah? Right? Okay, so a lot of, uh, a lot of really... A lot of really wonderful opportunities for tons and tons of mitzvahs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that people that choose to live a life of awareness of what they're doing and doing things for the right reason can actually have quite a few mitzvahs in their lives. Okay, we will stop here. So that, that brings us... Second, we just double-check. Yeah, so that brings us to the end of Os Zion.